0: Hi, I'm Daniel Foley from the Abundant Life Training Center, and welcome to our daily communion meditation, where today we're just talking about the very simple principle of just remembering. Jesus says, as often as you do this, as often as you take communion, remember him. And I always think of, I had this just very powerful time, probably one of the most powerful times of communion I've ever had, where God was showing me this verse in Matthew chapter 16, I believe it's verses 9 and 10 where Jesus has just multiplied the fish and the loaves. He's fed all the people. He does this miraculous thing, taking a little bit of food, and it turns into being more than enough. And then right after that, the disciples are fighting over bread because they don't have enough bread. They forgot to bring bread with them. And Jesus just looks at them.
1: He's just like, guys, come on. Don't you understand? Don't you remember how I just broke the bread? I'm going to take care of you. And just that very simple concept of just remembering.
0: Because when we're in those times where it looks like we don't have enough, we're in the struggles, we're in the tests, the trials, whatever it may be. Just simply remembering. It's one of the reasons why communion is so powerful. This gives us this opportunity to remember that God's with us. He's more than enough. So we're going to be taking communion today. This is an opportunity to remember. But why are we taking communion every day? About 10 years ago, I had pretty much no spiritual life whatsoever. I was doing life on my own without God, doing things my own way. At the time, I was running my personal training business. And the business started out great, but I got into some tough times. Some months where my business is losing thousands of dollars in a month. And I remember just getting to this place of going for a walk with my wife and telling her over and over, there's got to be a better way to live. There's got to be more to life than this. And it wasn't for a lack of seeking or searching because I've been reading books, taking courses, going to seminars, traveling all over the country, studying with some of the best health and fitness experts in the world. And not just health and fitness, but areas like business and leadership and relationships and all these other areas. But I wasn't finding what I was looking for. And then one day I came across this challenge to start reading one chapter from the book of Proverbs every day. Proverbs has 31 chapters. So on day one of the month, you read Proverbs chapter one. Day two of the month, read Proverbs chapter two. And then you keep going like that until the end of the month. And then you start back over again. Well, I've been doing this for a little while. And then one morning, Proverbs 13, 22 just seemed to jump off the page at me. It says a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. And that verse got me thinking, what's the most valuable thing we could pass on to future generations? Well, Proverbs tells us that wisdom is the principal thing. And so I made a commitment. I want to pass on manuals and lessons and teaching for all the different areas of life. But when I got started, I had no clue where to start. So I began to seek after God, began to totally immerse myself in the things of God. My relationship with him began to grow. He began to show up, began to teach me, began to train me. And he taught me this whole new way of living where we remember him. We make him the source and the center of everything. I just simply began to document what he was taking me through, what he was teaching me. And over the course of about 10 years, it turned into this series of books and courses. And now we have partners in this program we call the Abundant Life Blueprint. But out of everything we do in the Abundant Life Blueprint, I do believe daily communion is the most important thing. It's the number one table turner for all of life. It has the ability to create a turning point and change the trajectory of our lives going forward. And Jesus says, as often as you do this, what? Remember me. We have this tendency to forget sometimes. And communion helps us to remember. So that we abide in him, our lives produce much fruit. The Apostle Paul says every time we take communion, we're proclaiming the death of Jesus. Which in the case of a will or an inheritance, nothing happens until you prove the death. So in a way, communion is like an activation of all these benefits that are found in the new covenant. But it's also important we take it the right way. Every time we take communion, we take it with the fear of the Lord, with deep awe and honor and reverence for the sacrifice of Jesus, all that he suffered for us. And all that his sacrifice means for us in this new covenant. So the process we typically use, we start with about a two minute long prayer that's mostly scripture. Coming from Ephesians chapter one and the prayer of Jabez found in First Chronicles chapter four. And then we take a few minutes to examine ourselves because the Apostle Paul says some people are weak and sick and they die early because they don't examine themselves before taking communion. And if communion has the power to do that in the negative, I believe it has the power to make us healthy and strong and give us long life if we take it the right way. And then after our time of communion, we've been talking about some practical physical workout tips. Because the true ability, physical exercise, is meant to teach us how to exercise our faith. So let's get started with our prayer. Heavenly Father, I pray for all those who are watching or listening, their families, all those connected to them, and our church and governmental leaders. I thank you for releasing us from darkness and transferring us into the light, into the kingdom of your dear son. Thank you for your purpose and grace given to us in Christ Jesus before time ever began. And thank you that Jesus was smitten for us, so that you could fight for us. I keep asking that you, the Father of glory, would give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we would know you better. That the eyes of our hearts would be enlightened to know the hope to which you've called us and the riches of your glorious inheritance that is in us and the immeasurable greatness of your power to us who believe To make your face shine upon us and let us find grace and favor in your eyes. Expand our borders and our territory. Expand our capacity to receive your purpose and grace, your love and your goodness and to let it flow through us. So that we do good and are a blessing to people all over the world. Send us opportunities to do good and be a blessing today. And help us be sensitive to those opportunities. Keep your hand on us and help us do today what's right and best in your eyes. And do it with peace and joy and confidence in you. And we ask you to stretch out your hand to heal
1: and do signs and wonders and keep us from evil and pain. Through the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. All
0: right, we're going to go through the other half of prayer. This is our time to examine ourselves. Are we making today a masterpiece? And how are we going to do that? We're going to get connected to the master. We're going to bring our relationship with God down into today to impact every area of today. And masters of anything are simply masters of the fundamentals. And that's where we talk about executing these four fundamentals and bringing some presence and some energy and some fun into them today. But before we go through our fundamentals, let's remember God's got a process. When he took the people from Egypt to the promised land, there were steps and stages and a process they went through. They didn't just step into it in one day. And in a similar way, for us to step into the promises and the inheritance that God has for us in Christ, I think God takes us through a process. There are steps and stages along our journey. And very simply, I think it starts with believing God's got something better for our life, better than we can ever ask or think or dream or imagine. And that is being willing to move forward with his plan, to do things his way, to make him Lord. Rather than wanting to go back to the way things used to be. And then we gotta to learn to put off our old ways and to embrace this new way of living where we rest and we trust in Him. We allow His beautiful plan to unfold in His perfect timing. How are we gonna do it? I think it goes back to these four fundamentals. Our first one let's get positioned in the light today. Every day we gotta keep repositioning ourselves back into the light. And this is like the on-off switch. Either we're in the light or we're in the darkness. There's no in between. To take our position in the light, I think it starts with humility. Humbling ourselves in relationship to God. Humbling ourselves in relationship to other people. Because it's the humble who are given grace. It's the humble who are exalted and promoted. It's humility that allows us to repent and to change and to grow. And we're going to receive this forgiveness from God. We're going to forgive ourselves in the middle. We're going to walk in forgiveness with other people. We're going to take our position in love today. Kind and patient and gentle, always assuming the best, keeping no record of wrong, delighting in the truth, always hoping, always trusting, always persevering, because love never fails. And we're going to take our position in gratitude and praise today. One of the greatest expressions of faith. And it's one of the easiest ways to maintain our positioning all day long. And being in position is a big deal. Because it puts us in position to be able to receive all that God has for us. God has taken everything that he has and he put it all in Christ. And we get this amazing opportunity. We get to be in him today. We've got access to his spirit and power and presence. His love and peace and joy. His mind and wisdom fellowship with God, fellowship with people. There's health and energy, purpose and grace, time, finances, resources. It's all available to be received. We've got to remember it's there. We've got to keep our positioning. And then we've got to learn how to get it flowing through us out into the world where we see the fruit or the result of it in our life. So our first step is to get in position. Our second step is to magnify the light. We're going to turn up the brightness of this light within us. And it's going to expand the capacity where God can flow more of all these good things through us. It's also going to get this new covenant rooted and established in our hearts. Where we become more consistent in it. And to magnify the light, we've talked about the example of two baskets on a balancing scale. One basket full of all the issues and problems and testings that we face. The other basket full of our praises to God praising him for who he is, praising him for all that he's done. And that praise just helps us to remember in the face of those issues and problems, it helps us to remember. So to magnify the light, which basket are we going to put our focus and our attention and our thoughts and our words? Which one are we going to fill up with those? To magnify the light, we can magnify God, his word, his promises, his faithfulness, his unfailing love, all that he's done for us in Christ and looking back. At all that he's already done, because what he started, he's going to finish. He's going to see it through to completion. This is not denying that there's issues or problems. Rather, it's choosing to fill up that basket of praise. We rest and we trust in God because we trust that he can solve those problems a whole lot better than we can. So we fill up that basket of praise. But he does give us a choice. We could choose not to do any of this. We can stay stuck in pride and rebellion, bitterness, unforgiveness, insisting on our own way, filling up that basket of the tests and trials by complaining and venting and pouting, toiling away, trying to figure everything out. And that's where we're going to learn to recognize the symptoms, because when we're out of position or magnifying the wrong things, it's going to produce some symptoms in our life. We might think that God's retaliating at us. We might think God's withholding stuff from us. We might think that God's avoiding us or giving us the silent treatment. But in the light, he does none of those things. And in a similar way, we might find ourselves retaliating at people, withholding good things that we know to do. Avoiding people or giving them the silent treatment. There's this lack of fellowship with God and people. On the inside, you'll feel this heaviness and weight and pressure like it's all sitting on you. You might have feelings of hopelessness or helplessness. Like you're trapped or you're stuck, and it seems like there's no way out. And all that weight and pressure just drains the energy right out of you. Emotionally, there's the fear and stress and worry. We're dreading things in the future, envisioning all these worst case scenarios, reliving all these bad things from the past. And unfortunately, this can become a habit. This can become a vicious cycle that seems to keep repeating over and over again. But when we take our position in the light, There is rest in our soul. There's fullness and completeness in him. We've got fellowship with God, fellowship with people. And when we rest, God goes to work. And now everything is free and easy and effortless because he's doing the work. And all those good things he put in Christ just begin to flow through us. And now we've got hope in any and every situation because we've got God with us. And if all this weren't enough, God gives
1: us this amazing gift of grace. That if we ever get off track, we ever get out of position, just takes a moment to get right back in. I think
0: getting more present, getting aware of what's happening, recognizing those symptoms. Then we humble ourselves. We repent. We turn around. Father, forgive me. I've missed it. We receive that forgiveness from him. We forgive ourselves in the middle. If we need to reconcile with somebody else, say we're sorry, forgive, we take those steps. And then we start praising and magnifying him for his grace and his goodness and his love. And I like to pray this very simple prayer. Father, thank you that what you put within me is more than enough to handle whatever's coming at me today in a beautiful, graceful way. Help me to tap into it and see it flowing in my life at a greater level today. You go through that simple process, that weight just lifts off you on the inside. Everything begins to flow again. And then our third fundamental, we have got to stay tuned into him today. Every day, he's trying to teach us and train us and navigate us, but we've got to stay tuned into him. My favorite way to do this is with a journal before bed. And I like to start my journal with what we call some filters. These filters are just short phrases, maybe one word, that we keep rewriting every day in our journal as a way to reinforce God's standards and vision and plan for our life. And these short filters just help us to navigate throughout the day. For example, it might look something like the following. God is working continually for my good, and I'm going to do continually good for others. And that short phrase just helps us to navigate throughout the day, helps us to remember and keep it top of mind. And then I like to start my journal with gratitude and praise
1: to get in position, and then to magnify it. What went well today? What are all the ways I saw God showing up today? And then I like to ask this question. God, what were you trying to show me today?
0: And just get still and listen and whatever comes into my mind. Begin to write those things down. And then we got to stay tuned in and connected with him throughout the day. If you ever feel like you're losing that connection with him, just take a couple minutes, get more present, Slow down, get aware of his presence with you. Think of it like plugging in a phone. You're going to get powered up in him again. And the final thing I like to do in my journal is to plan out the upcoming day with God. And I've learned to stick with our fourth fundamental. What do I know to do today? What do I know to do today? Because I learned sometimes I was getting out ahead of God toiling away in my mind, trying to figure things out, trying to force things to happen ahead of schedule. On the other side, sometimes I was procrastinating on things that I knew to do. So I've learned to stick with, what do I know to do today? And that becomes the plan for the day. And then we wake up like a kid on Christmas morning, excited for the day, because this is the day that the Lord has made. And we remember, we remember, we remember this very important principle The first thing out of our mouth every morning sets the tone for the whole day. As I began to learn about this, I began to seek God. What's the best thing for us to say? I felt like he was taking me back to Genesis chapter one. The very first words we see God speak. Let there be light. So those are the very first words out of my mouth every morning. Let there be light. Then we get connected with him. We start walking out that plan, full confidence in him that he's right there with us every step of the way. And when we get to that place of confident faith, his grace begins to surge through us. He begins to go to work. He begins to beautify our lives, to bring these good and perfect gifts from above into our life, things that we could never make happen on our own. And beauty is attractive and magnetic and begins to pull more and more of everything God has for us into our life. Let's just talk about remembering. This Matthew chapter 16, verses 9 through 10. Jesus has just multiplied the fish and the loaves, fed the multitudes from just a little bit of food. And how did he do it? He broke the bread. Picture of communion. And then right after that, the disciples get in the boat, and they're arguing about how they don't have enough bread. And Jesus just looks at them, and he says the following. You of little faith. Why are you debating among yourselves about having no bread? Do you still not understand? Do you not remember the five loaves for the 5,000 and how many basketfuls you gathered? Or the seven loaves for the 4,000 and how many basketfuls you gathered?
1: And so at these times where you got pressure on you, you got tests, you got trials, you don't have enough, whatever it may be. Taking communion as a way to just Remember to break that bread and remember he's more than enough. So Heavenly Father, we thank you that on the night Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and said, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's just take a moment to remember, God sent us his one and only son
0: to forgive our sins and connect us back to him. Jesus is willing to come and humble himself even unto death on a cross. And the cup of God's wrath is poured onto his body. All of his anger and frustration with our sins poured onto his body. He was crushed by God. He was destroyed by God. But then he's raised back to life. He's victorious over death. And that same victorious power now lives on the inside of us. He connects us back to God, makes us right and holy
1: and perfect in God's sight. We have peace with God all through his one sacrifice. So Father, we thank you for this bread. And we're asking for your help to simply remember and not forget. In Jesus' name. If you have your bread, you can take your bread. Then, after supper, Jesus took the cup. He said, This is the cup of the new covenant.
0: In my blood, poured out for the forgiveness of sins for many. It's the forgiveness of sins that releases us from darkness and transfers us into
1: the light, into the kingdom of God's dear Son. He is now our Lord. We follow after him.
0: He makes atonement for us, he cleanses us with his blood.
1: Gives us this new covenant with God, this blood-sworn oath that God is with us and for us, continually working for our good. So, Father, we thank you for this cup and ask you to bless it in Jesus' name. If you have a juice, you can take a juice. So communion, I believe, is one of the most powerful ways to simply
0: help us to remember. But another great way to help us to remember, physical exercise. Physical exercise is meant to teach us how to exercise our faith. It's a way for us to practice God doing the work through us. And so I think of physical exercise as another way to help us to remember. I've got God with me. It teaches me how to learn. teaches me to learn to rest and to allow God to do that work through us. How do we do it? I think it starts with taking a humble approach. Cut back on what you think you should do. Focus on getting aware of his presence and allowing him to do the work through us.
1: Executing it with presence and joy and beauty. Doing it together with him. It can help us to remember as well. But I hope this has been helpful for you today. If you'd like to learn more about partnering with us in the Abundant Life Blueprint, you can go to the Abundant Life